It is the week of August 17th, 2020, and I want to welcome you to Lumber Connection, a weekly podcast bringing you the latest trends in the North American lumber market. My name is TJ Yerke, and we welcome back Justin Binning and Ken Timmons, two lumber traders with American International Forest Products. Justin, Ken, as always, glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Thank you, sir. Thank you, TJ. Absolutely. So first question, we're going to throw it at Ken. So give us the highlight. What happened last week uh, with the lumber market and, and what, what's been going on and what might we see this week? You know, not to be a broken record, but the past trading week has been the same as, you know, the last six to eight weeks. The market continues to go up in all species, all products. You know, guys aren't really fighting too much when you tell them a new high price. Everyone needs it. Consumption's red hot. Um, and we continue to roll. So in the the week following this podcast is likely going to look very, very similar. Excellent. Thank you. Justin, your thoughts on uh, this past week, lumber activity? Ditto. <laughs> no, I was just having a conversation with, uh, with uh, one of my customers in Texas down in the Houston area. And um, we're talking about lumber prices and, you know, gosh, it's just so crazy. And, you know, I just can't believe it. And kind of having that same conversation uh, multiple times daily. And he's like, gosh, you know, it's just like, are they, you know, do, you know, you feel like the mills are holding back, you know, or, or they're saying there's not enough, but it's like, are the mills, you know, is this a strategy from the mills? Are they not making as much to try to keep the prices up? And I said, no, I, you know, it's my true belief uh, that, that that's not the case. I think that uh, they're they're trying to make as much lumber as they as they can. You know, business is just it, it, it. We've we've created this perfect storm from a fiber crunch, a lack of available fiber, and a a huge surge in demand. And I said, "How's how's your business?" He says, "Well, you know, it's, it's pretty good. We're we're having a really strong year. We're outpacing last year." And I said, "Well, how was how was last year?" He goes, "Well, it was a record year for us." So, well, you're having a heck of a year then, but I, but I, but that conversation, it's like everybody I talk to is, is having the same thing. So again, and I mean, that's, that's all the way through the pro dealer, the national builder, trust yards, box stores. I mean, I've yet to have someone that goes, gosh, this, well, this quiet here, not a lot going on. Now, not to say that some folks, you know, maybe that's the case, but I would say large, you know, the, in the whole guys are just flat out busy. So again, no. No real update for me this week, just more of the same. Um, very hard to source lumber. It's hot. There's not enough to go around. Price doesn't seem to be a a uh, uh, object of concern, even with the in, in, uh, prices that we're seeing. And it's all about, you know, really, when can you get it and how quickly can you get it here? Yeah, thank you. Uh, Justin, staying on that notion of your conversations with your customers, um, Taking a side step here from the cost of raw materials to a component manufacturer, uh, I'm wondering, you know, in the past few weeks, and as you're speaking with uh, your customers, clients, what else are you hearing with relation to lumber and the industry and, and anything else for that matter? Um, you know, I touched on a little bit, but you're talking multifamily, the pro dealer and the trust shards. Um, these guys have business through quarter four and into 2021 quarter one. So again, you know, the almighty question is like, well, when is this thing going to quiet down? It's like, not anytime soon. I mean, business is booked and guys are having, again, record, record uh, months, month after month. I don't know. I, I just, I can't add a, too much more depth here. And I wish I could. 
to the conversation because I, you know, we're all in new territory. It's all uncharted at this point. And, you know, we're all, you know, doing the best we can in, in regards to navigating um, this market. But it, again, it just, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, probably never will again, but guys are just flat out busy. I mean, they're having, they're having huge months, month after month. So I'm sorry, again, I can't add more depth here. I just don't know what else to say without boring everybody. JB, I, I agree with what you're saying. Customers, everyone's reporting being extremely busy. It does not matter if it's a component manufacturer, a yard, or a guy who makes cedar trellises. It, it doesn't matter. The thing that I think is notable is the customers that are also saying that are split into two camps. There's one camp of guys who are staying in front of the market and addressing their needs for middle, late September, beginning of October. And there's a second camp of guys who are crossing their fingers, hoping this thing comes off, wearing their lucky rabbit's foot and doing the lumber dance every night. And I'm, I'm, I kind of agree. I think the prices are too high, but kind of that split in opinion is what continually perpetuates a market because then guys get in a scenario where their back's against a wall and they need something and they'll pay whatever it takes to get it. And when supply is tight, then that's the new number. The mills want that price and it just continues to trickle through the system. So you're kind of seeing a, a, a two camp progression going on in the consumer base. Great. Thank you, Ken, uh, for that. Um, looking at the market, um, you know, on this podcast and, and you guys are, are dealing a lot with dimensional lumber and we speak to dimensional lumber a lot, uh, but I'm wondering if you can share, um, Ken, we'll throw it at you, uh, first here. Uh, what are you hearing? What do you see? What do you know about, uh, other lumber products, right? Talking plywood, OSB, any other materials, what's, what's happening there? So I, I feel very, very fortunate sitting on the trading floor I sit on. Of course, I specialize in high-grade dug fur for component guys. That's why we're here. But, you know, we got 40 traders, eight departments. You know, we have an OSB department, a fur plywood department, a, a yellow pine plywood department, industrials, which we consider, you know, that's any decking, millwork, pattern siding, that sort of thing. Uh, and the, the tone is unanimous across the board. Everything's going up which is wild. OSB is up almost 140% over the last year. Lumber's up about 80%. Cedar's going crazy. I mean, we're all having the same problems. And what uh, a lot of component manufacturers should keep in mind, the guys who are using wide dimension lumber, 2x8, 2x10, 2x12, 4x6x, any of that material, you also got to pay attention to the price of plywood because the plywood mills, when they go and put logs up on the lathe to pull out the veneer, they need a wide log. I mean, no different than when you're pulling a sheet of toilet paper off the roll. They just spin the log real quick, put the blade up to it, and peel it off. You can't do that with a little six-inch log that some mills, you know, stud mills make two-by-four, two-by-six out of. So if you're a component manufacturer that needs a lot of two-by-ten DSS or, you know, you're going through all this two-by-12, 2,400, and kind of that, that sort of product. You should also keep in mind the local price of plywood and what that's returning, because if it's more valuable for a sawmill to cut plywood, it will. Justin, your thoughts, or what are you hearing, seeing with respect to um, materials outside of the dimensional lumber we usually talk about? Yeah, I would say see, see lumber chart 
A lot of times, I mean, every market is different. None are the same. Um, you might have comparisons through certain runs throughout history, um, but generally, you know, e each market is its own beast. Uh, you know, some believe in the magnet theory at times, you know, one, one species doing this, it's going to drag other species along, whatever. This thing is just all out bananas. Never seen anything like it. Everything's running um, record highs across the board on multiple items and, and we're still going. So panels are no exception, whether it's OSB or, or fir plywood or yellow pine plywood, it's the same issues are, are, are there too. And I would say that the panels, they seem easier to source, meaning, um, you can buy them. You, they, they readily more available order files are still reaching out four to six weeks, depending on the sawmill. Again, Ken touched on it. We're blessed to work on a, on a large trading floor that um, we can do a lot of different things. Um, I personally don't trade, you know, many panels, but they're trading. I mean, I see the numbers every single day and um, we're selling a lot of them. And, but again, right along with lumber, I mean, red hot and rolling and um, who knows when it's going to stop. But, um, but yeah, that's, I guess that'd be my input on, on, on panels. Thank you both. Uh, switching gears here now, you know, when I look at the, the market today, I, I catch some sudden hints uh, or smells of um, different parts of the market and market conditions over the last decade or so. Uh, and one element in that time frame uh, was the softwood lumber agreement or the softwood lumber dispute, uh, largely between the United States and Canada. I'm not going to go into too depth of it. Uh, certainly component manufacturers um, are aware and familiar with many aspects of the software lumber agreement and the dispute, but we're talking uh, lumber going over the border and, and issues therein uh, between the two countries. Um, given that, uh, you know, what, uh, Justin, can you tell me, you know, where do we sit today with regard to Canada and U.S. relations in the lumber market? Sure. Relations are good. Uh, the SLA is a, is a, you know, it's been going on forever. So it's nothing new there, but they're currently in a suspension period and that'll be reviewed late in the fall of 2020. I believe it's, um, in November I think it's towards the end of November. And then, um, the rates may change in that final determination. So, um, we'll see what happens there, but I think ultimately, with production lacking and continuing to go down out of Canada, and again, has been for years and will be for the next 30 years, as long as we can see, when you look at what production is available out of Canada, you, you kind of get the, uh, you know, who's at the top of the, the totem pole, you know, who, who's, who's in favor of the limited supply that, that is available. Um, and I think right now in the Canadians mindset, is Canadians first for a couple of reasons, no duty, right? So there's, there's nothing they're facing there by shipping into the States, but Canada's busy. They're probably, I would say, arguably just as busy as we are. And they're getting the number and or a larger number, keeping it on the Canadian side. And so the, the lack of fiber that was there to begin with seems even smaller as indicated into shipments into the U S um, they're keeping more product on the Canadian side and they're getting first dibs at it. So I hope that, you know, maybe sheds a little bit of light there, but, um, we've got, again, a, a, a smaller pool of lumber to pull from, and they're trying to keep as much as they can, I guess, on that side. 
Sure, thank you. Ken, uh, what do you know, what are you seeing with regard to just U.S.-Canadian interaction surrounding lumber? Yeah, so I could I could bore you all to sleep and induce you into a nap. And if any of our listeners need that, you know, just call me and I'll, I'll talk your ear off about it. Here's kind of the skinny on the tariff and the duty and, and the trade relationship there. Justin's absolutely right. The Canadian market is strong, as is ours. Um, what I was always taught was there were no stumpage fees in Canada, which is not true. There are stumpage fees, but they're very, very light in comparison to U.S. stumpage fees, meaning when somebody harvests the timber, you know, what they're paying for that log. Um, it's much less up in Canada, which is why traditionally U.S. domestic producers feel like Canadians are dumping their product into our market and weakening our price. Even after we put heavy duties and tariffs on them two years ago, until this bull market, it was very, very often that that product would be $30, $40, dollars a thousand cheaper than U.S. product. It's very important for a component manufacturer to recognize and remember, however, that there is an engineering difference between northern product above the border and domestic product. So while it might save you a couple dollars and cents on paper to switch, you got to make sure you're engineering your job properly. So I think that's really the most important aspect that any component manufacturer needs to pay attention to. And again, if there's other other details that you want to hear or you're interested in, just give us a shout and, and we'll fill you in. Great. Thanks, Ken. Uh, so, Justin, uh, final thoughts looking at the week ahead for component manufacturers? Yeah, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words, guys. I really am. I mean, I, again, we're on week six of this, and I don't have any final thoughts that differ from the other final thoughts. I, I wish I did, but... Um, yeah, again, the same thing I've been saying, get covered. Um, if, if you've listened to the last five weeks and, and uh, you did that, you're probably going, well, I'm glad I did that because if you waited, um, you either lost coverage, can't find it, and still can't find it, or you ended up paying anywhere from 50 to $300 more for whatever that product may be. So again, the, the finish line, uh, I don't see it in sight right now. Um, based on the business uh, that's, that's being done out there and continuing to being booked, out for the remainder of the year. Um, I just don't see what's going to slow this down right now. So um, today's high prices, tomorrow's values, get it bought, get yourself covered. And um, that's what I would say. Be aggressive in uh, in your purchasing strategy moving forward here. Great. Ken, looking ahead, any final thoughts? Couldn't agree with that more. Continue to execute the plan that we've been discussing for six weeks here. Um, the only change I would implement is I would recommend every lumber buyer gets a case of Red Bull and does not drink it yet because eventually, and I don't think it's happening for a while, but eventually we're going to get on this podcast and say, hey, thank you for staying frosty on the market. It's time. Let's do this. And it'll go the other way. Again, I don't think that's going to happen for quite a while. But uh, when that does happen, everyone's going to want to be prepared and, and lethal to continue to bring profit back to their company when that opportunity presents itself. Stay the course. Great. Thank you. Well, that wraps up uh, another Lumber Connection uh, here for this week. Justin and Ken, thanks again for your insight as always. Thanks, DJ. Thank you. To our listeners, if you have questions for our experts, please email them to lumber at sbcindustry.com. We will get them answered here on Lumber Connection.